0: Today on the show, we're talking about SWOT analysis. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence, through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm joined with Michael and Trevor. And today we're talking about SWOT analysis and we're going to kind of talk about how they can be incorporated into our personal finance lives.
1: So I guess today uh, uh, we're going to talk about our uh, kind of a concept, our financial strengths, weaknesses and and opportunities. It's called the SWOT, S-W-O-T analysis.
0: So I really, I really like this topic, Trevor, because I mean, you and I, I mean, I studied business. You went to school for business as well. And we, this is like a topic we learn about every single year in, uh, in school and anyone else who's, uh, who, who's listening right now and has studied business. Like this is a, this is a topic that gets hammered home like every, every year.
1: Yeah, it's typically done uh, at a business level, but we're, today we're we're talking about it on a, on a personal finance level.
0: So, I mean, Mike, you're uh, you you didn't exactly go to school for business. You're in engineering, but have you heard? Has is that a kind of a topic that's like you've heard of? Like, how common is it if you're outside uh, of it's business? It's pretty
2: uncommon. I've never heard of SWAT. Uh, the only time I hear SWAT is um, with the the police force, and it's usually a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, something's gone very wrong in the world.
1: Actually, this is. <laughs> This is SWAT spelt with an O. So it's, it's, it, it analyzes your strengths, your weakness, your opportunity, and your threats. That's how, but that's and how
0: the SWAT team is spelt too.
1: Yeah, actually. No, it isn't SWAT spelt with an yeah, A. Yeah, it is. It's, I think the A stands for Oh, Armored. it is. It is. Yeah. But, but you know, a, a SWAT team is kind of the same thing, right? They're kind of approaching uh, a situation with the same mentality, right? They're, they're looking at those four things and saying, you know, what's the situation based on these four elements so it's one way of looking at it. You know, you could be attacking your life, or you could be ta- attacking a, a disaster that's just, you know, a financial disaster that's just come into your life, and you you could apply this on a on a micro level, right? And say, you know, what are these four things for me to tackle this this immediate disaster that's arrived in my life? It could be, you know, the loss of a job, and then you just apply these four principles or these four decision points to to that situation and say how can I best minimize my losses or get out of this situation?
0: So like, and what, what I find do find crazy and we have this conversation all the time is how in, when when you go to school and study business, you don't learn anything that, or not anything, but you, you don't learn much. I want to say that that really benefits your personal life. So, I mean, our, one of my professors could have easily stopped and, and and said to us to make this make kind of more sense in your personal life. Let's apply this to your personal life. Like that would have been an easy conversation to have. So I think that is why, I mean, it, that's why, What that's why this topic is so important because it's so prominent. It's the first thing you do whenever you in the business world, when you need to stop and do something. So I think it's a good thing for us to stop to do here on the podcast today as well.
1: Well, you know, the reason I don't teach personal finance in any formal educational setting is because nobody there's no real credentials you can bring to to say you're qualified i mean a, a personal a, a a financial planner they they really their focus is on the investing side of things so they they could only uh, you know their their qualifications are really only in the area of teaching on, on that in that aspect of it so they they there are some qualifications there but on the behavioral side and in just the spending side and in and, and knowing you know how much income you versus expense ratios i mean that's that's gonna be your credentials are your how you've succeeded in life right that's there is no formal so it's not taught in school i think and that's why
2: but i mean just like um a textbook or something could you could you not use books podcasts and stuff use that as a kind of a source of reference for for providing information like Teachers aren't so much the people bringing the information, but they're more just a medium to present the information.
1: That's true. Yeah, you, you there could be some like the Canada Food Guide. You know that that's yeah, yeah. the uh, the basis for nutrition, and, and then they just it's delivered through an educational outlet. So yeah, you're right. That would work if 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 the federal government delivered a uh, the equivalent of, a, of the Canada Food Guide, but in personal finance, and, and said you know this is. This is what you should follow to succeed financially in, in this society. And the way, maybe that would be a good idea. Maybe, maybe they that's the way you that's say lead that's they they interesting. interesting. Why is that not a like, thing? Because like
2: I assume they came with a Canadian food guide because they were worried Canadians were becoming unhealthy. So they're like let's find a way to promote healthiness and in the same way like debts increasing and personal debt, they kind of need to do something like that. Where you got your your uh, your finan- personal finance food guide.
1: Well, you know if. The, one of the reasons they came up with a food guide is because it, it's a way for the, the because they provide public health care, it's kind of a cost avoidance uh, approach, right? So if, if we can teach people to eat healthy, maybe we can avoid some of the health care costs associated with, with, you know, bad lifestyle choices. So is there a cost to the federal government or the provincial government uh, when people are, are not dialed in on their personal finances? Is there a real cost to our to taxpayers then I don't think there is
0: can we do that though can we I think I think the three of us we should put together a kind of a resource for our listeners we should put together like a little uh, like a just a sheet of paper with with all with kind of it's a kind of the quick the quick resource sheet so how much you should be paying for your your rent how much you should the kind of all the little ratios we talk about we should have a resource for our listeners
2: kind of like the golden rule sheet yeah they work to a point I I
1: think Yeah. yeah yeah But you know, it's not. I don't think. Let's just say. So here's here's a ratio I I've heard and I agree with that. The most you should have spent on on uh, vehicles is fifty percent of your annual income. That's how. That's the most you should own in 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 transportation costs at any given time. So, if you have a household income of eighty thousand dollars, the most you should have invested in cars at any moment in time is $40,000. And that would be all your vehicles, be it a, a truck, a car, a motorhome, a trailer, or what anything with wheels. So if, you, if your income was $200,000, I don't think it makes sense to have $100,000 worth of vehicles. You know, so I, it, it's hard to apply these principles. You know, the income is the, the element that you know. if somebody said, you know, what should I do? The first thing I say, well, what's your household income? And I'd go from there but but I, I don't think you can apply these across the board because at some at some point you make so much money I, I i don't care how much if you could make you know a million dollars i don't think you should spend half a million dollars on cars you know that just doesn't reason check with me
2: but i think our golden rule is they apply to the the standard canadian who's who who's making less than 100,000 probably a year
1: the average the average income sort Yeah, of yeah. apply to the the average person in canada
0: but but Trevor if if that person who's making a million dollars if it's all a ratio so they would be, if they follow the golden rules they'd be following exactly what you, what you may be following or i may be following or michael may be following
1: but i'm saying at some point it just doesn't make sense to have that much invested in cars even if you can afford it it just it doesn't reason check you know they, they, there's no even if you have the money there's better things you could do with it than then invest you know half a million dollars in cars so i, I you know I would never, you know, deliver th- that kind of message to somebody. Well, if you make a million dollars, you should at least alone a half million dollars. But it's in, one of those things
2: that like you, know, th- you look at the Canadian health food guide, someone who's really healthy might not follow it as well because they, they got their own. They dissect that food guide even more to the point where it's not that valuable to them. Because I, I know, for example, talking to your wife, Trevor, who's very into health food to her, the food guide doesn't mean much because she's she's taken it to a whole nother level. So if someone's uh, has a million, dollars they've somehow gotten there where they they, they're at like maybe a whole nother level of financial planning and investment
1: yeah i I see i see where i see where you're coming from so i i just we should get back to the the uh, SWAT matrix.
2: Yes, we are we are
0: digressing at a, at a, an alarming rate. I, I, before we get jump into today's article, I do want to just want to quickly say that we we did receive we do have some kind of uh, listener questions and comments and feedback, but we're gonna dedicate again another episode to it just so we can kind of do a good job at answering and and talking about the points that have been brought up to us. So that will come out sometime in the future. Um, but just like the last one, we'll just release it and let you know about it. So on today's article, though, so it is called What Are Your Financial Strengths and Weaknesses Run a SWOT Analysis. It's from CashMoneyLife.com and it is by Ryan Ginya. And I really like it. I think it's a good article. There's a, kind of some points in here that I don't quite agree with. So I think it's going to be good to kind of to talk about it and then actually like actually apply to our lives.
1: Yeah. So, I, I, you know, if you start with the first one, you know, what are your financial strengths? Uh, you, know, you really have to stem back and just say, what are they? You know what? I I would say a lot of people you're you're you you need to look at your potential strengths right like you might not be exploiting all of your strengths that, that you can.
0: First, I just want I just want to stop and kind of like more of a background here. So strengths and weaknesses refers to your internal conditions is what they call this, and then opportunities and threats are your external possibilities is what they call it. So that's kind of like to lead into it. So yeah, so again, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So. And I and I, I do want to, sorry Trevor, I just want to say too that creating a SWOT analysis, I mean, it, it, it appears like it could be an easy task, but so many times when you make a SWOT analysis, it's not quite, you haven't quite looked, you haven't quite framed everything in the right way. So sometimes you have to kind of really dig deep to to get to those opportunities and threats and even find those strengths and weaknesses as well.
1: Well, I think it would help if you were to do this uh, with somebody, a, a group of people, maybe uh, some people you know that that know you and you know them and you can sort of bounce these off people do you do see this as a strength or weakness of mine so if you think of someone's financial strength your ability to earn income is your financial strength to to what degree you're you're exploiting that strength is i i guess it's relative right it's are you really maximizing your earning potential that that would be the one i think most people should start with And, and it probably is linked to your education so you know if you want if if that's a strength you're not leveraging, and I have a theory on this, and it, 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 there's a balance, a work-life balance, a lot of people try to pursue, and I've, I kind of, uh have always gone with the mentality of being a little bit underemployed. So I, I take what I think I'm capable of, and, and I, I look at an organizational chart, and I, I think, okay, I could be a, you know, a director of finance, but I don't want all the stress and burden that goes with that. So. I, I move myself down that org chart just a little bit and, and sort of find a comfort zone. I just feel, so I, I do that because I, I feel comfortable there. I, I know I everything's going to be within my grasp in terms of my abilities. I'm not being stretched every single day, but there's days where I am being stretched. But I don't think I'm fully exploiting my all of my strengths in doing that.
0: It says too, before you actually get into the spot analysis to kind of decide what your financial mission statement is. And I think that's important too, just to digress a little bit. Um, Trevor, would you, would you and Mike too, would you agree that kind of laying out that, that mission statement about who you are and, and, and what you're about is important to kind of creating the whole SWOT analysis?
1: Well, I think it's probably more important of where where you want to go or where you, where you, you know, what plateaus do you hope to land on in your financial life?
0: And then, and then you can assess if you, if you're, if, if, how the other variables, the SWOT variables are, are in line with that.
1: Like if you want to retire early or be financially independent early in life, should you be exploiting all of your financial strengths? to the nth degree or, or should you be playing it safe and not you know rolling the dice on every single aspect of your financial life
2: yeah i agree with that because like i think if you can define who you want to be your goals or whatever then i think you define who you want to be like you got to figure out where you want to go to figure out who you need to be
1: so you, you need a financial goal of some kind so like, before you can even start this in a for and you analysis.
2: trevor when you decided that you wanted to always remain underemployed what what were you what was your your focus, like on the your goal of the future, like what what made you des- kind of decide that's kind of who you wanted to be as your strength.
1: So it kind of sounds like a, a lazy approach, right? But let me give you a bit of background on why being underemployed was important. So I got a job in a what I call a one horse town, meaning there's there's really only one company in the small town I live in, and we're pretty isolated here. So the next closest good paying job would be at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half away. So I moved to the small town. There's really one employer in town, and you work there. and It's a challenging place to work, and if you if you don't perform, they seem to want to move on to somebody else fairly quickly. So being underemployed in that environment was important to me because the alternative was to you know if I if I just say I lost that job, I would have to relocate. I'd have to move because I I'm not going to spend an hour and a half commuting each way to work every day. So that that's that's why I chose to be underemployed, not because I, I I'm lazy or I, I I don't think I was capable. It was more of a, from a safety perspective. So one of my financial goals was to, to uh, you know raise a family in a small safe town. So that that that's one of the the things I did. So that, that's why I went that route. So
0: it, and when we look when we look at strengths, and this is kind of an area I kind of dis kind of maybe disagree with the author a little bit on is. They look at strengths as as more you're looking at your finances in an objective spot. So some of the helpful questions listed here are what are your strong areas of your finances? Do you have a positive monthly cash flow? Are you paying extra on your debts? Are you debt free? Did your income recently increase? So these are all strengths. But I think for this point, I think it's important to, to move past, I don't know, I think so, to move past you're looking at your how your finances are doing as a, as as the strength, but more looking internally for what this point actually represents. Is, so strength. So maybe assessing yourself. So are you good at saving? Is that something? Is that a strength of yours? Um, I, I, what like, do you guys you're, think about you're this? Talking I mean, like I looking think at the you have behavioral to, side.
2: I I agree with that. Like, look at what are your tendencies. Do you do you have a tendency to want to spend a lot, or do you have a tendency, like you said, to want to save a lot? I agree with that. Like I think you can't look at so much the dollars. I think that that varies. But it, like, what's the the overarching tendency trends of your life?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's your behavior the, the, the things you mentioned, Courtney, are the um, the results of your behavior. You know, those are the things that you're doing. Those are sort of indicators of your of your financial strengths. But also, are you a risk taker? I
2: think that, that's, that's the good, number one. Yeah, yeah you know, financial well, I was strength. I was going to say I think in some ways uh, being a risk taker. Can be like I guess good or bad because I think you could almost you take risks where you're, you're spending money that you're not sure if it's a wise choice and then as well like you maybe you go for opportunities that could be beneficial.
1: Well, I think are you are you a calculated? That's risk true. Factor? Okay, okay. I think yeah, I agree. I agree. And that could be a strength, right? So your your ability to to calculate, you know, the risk and reward and and, and analyze it and, and make a a logical decision that that's a strength. I I, I I think I lack, right? I am I'm almost too cautious. So when we get to the weaknesses, that's going to be my weakness is I I I'm so my my strengths are I'm I have good earning potential. I'm a saver I, I, and I have a long long picture vision, right? I I don't look at, you know, what am I going to spend on my money today or tomorrow. I'm big picture all the time. So I look at those as my strengths.
0: I do think it's important though to kind of put down maybe maybe divide and it's actually, this one else is actually looks like a table. So it's like, it's a four kind of quadrant table. So maybe on like in, in the strength quadrant, you could divide that strength quadrant in half. And one side could be looking objectively at your strength, at, at your finance, at, I guess your actual finances and, and what are the strengths lying within your finances? So if being, if you have no debt, that's definitely a strength that you are, so you have that kind of in your court. Or, or are, are you debt-free? That could be a sign in your court as well as something that's positive. But then I, I think looking at yourself too on the other kind of half of that quadrant.
1: But, you know, being debt-free, that, that could be a weakness, right? That could be that you're, you're too cautious. You, you have no, nothing tied up in leveraged investments. So having debt doesn't necessarily line up with it as a weakness. It, it could be a strength. You know, you, you've taken calculated risks and borrowed money for investments that that makes sense right that so it, it, for every for every uh strength you could easily flip it on its head and call it a weakness but but it's it the, and it, only if it works out did it turn out to be a strength or weakness right it's but i i think you have to look at it internally and say is risk taking my strength or is it my weakness and the only way you can make that assessment is how has it historically affected me is every time i take a risk does it come back to bite me or is, is most of the time I take a risk, Cause, I tend cause to win. I think like you said before, you know, so
2: it, it's almost like a uh, it's a measure of how well you're at calculating those risks. I think it comes down to because...
1: I think for everybody in personal finance, there's an element of risk taking that's going to go on. Like, I mean, if you take on a new job that has more income, there's a risk that the job's not going to work out, right? So, or if you stay in a job for a long time and maybe you're being underpaid, but you know you can do this job and it's safe... That could be a weakness or a strength, right? So it 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 really, the only way you know whether it's a strength or weakness is the outcomes. And, and that's what this kind of talked about, right? Do you have a lot of debt? Well, if you do have a lot of debt and you talk about it and it's a burden, then probably your calculated risks are not well calculated.
0: So if, if we do move on to weekend... We- weaknesses then uh one of the first questions here is what is holding you back from reaching your financial goals And i think that's a good question to ask yourself so like like trevor like you were saying is kind of playing it safe is that something that maybe is holding you back you're not actualizing your your potential your potential income
1: i, I think if if you ask most people you know what was your financial weakness it, it's not going to be being cautious you know, you, you're never going to reflect back and say, "Oh, I was way too cautious." You know, there's people that will, but most people, they're going to look back at the debt they they've carried for most of their life and say, "You know, that was a boat anchor around my neck that I, I could never get out from under."
0: No, I want, I, I, I do, I want to disagree with that because I think, I mean, I personally think I play too cautiously. And what if I look back years from now and and say, "Oh, I should have, I should have went on more trips, or I should have spent a little less frugally."
1: Well, how do you know it, it was you were too cautious? Because the word "too" is 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 relative, right? So, how do you know you were too cautious? What's the what's the measuring stick or what what's the indicators that says you were too cautious? Like, there has to be some consequence to being well, too like, cautious, what, right? that's, Like That's how you the only way you're going to know you were too cautious.
2: Like, I guess yeah, because it's all in hindsight. Because i going to say you're going to look back, you're going to look back, and and you're going to question. Like, you're going to say, "Oh, I wish I had." Traveled more, like Court said, and like, but I guess it goes back to that calculated risk thing. I I think it's you know being able to calculate the risks well, because I think
1: you know the only way you're going to know if you've uh, if it's a weakness or a strength is if you have benchmarks or some sort of measuring system to say you know this this worked out, this didn't work out. You really you you're the indicator to say um, you know that that. What I thought was my strength turned out to be my weakness. I don't know. And it's going to be different for everybody.
0: You would have to agree with that for sure. Um, are there any other weaknesses you guys could? I think you could identify for this?
1: Well, for, for me, my weakness is uh, I, I'm too cautious without question. And, and I think uh, I'm going to look back and say, you know, I could have earned more money. I, I could have invested more aggressively. I could have, you know, maybe... Uh, enjoyed life a little more I, I i'm certain so knowing knowing those are my weaknesses knowing i know now i'm going to look back and, and i'm going to be saying this things to myself how do you fix that how do you change that trajectory how do you how do you not do that how do you overcome your weaknesses because obviously you don't need to work on your strengths they're, they're, they're already your strengths so the the focus should be on 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 dealing with your weaknesses or turning your weaknesses into strengths
2: because yeah, like you said before you can always flip them so then fi- like being too cautious, find a way to have that so it's advantageous for you.
1: Like, when I look, so I look at the job I have now, I have, I, I, and I look at the, the job I left. That was a risk I took, and it, it paid off in spades. Like, I mean, I, I, it worked out remarkably well. So I asked myself, why don't I take more risks like that? Why don't, why don't I try another job, right? I've been at this job for 20 years. But, you know, it, it was so beneficial to switch from that job to this job why don't I switch another job because it it my my earning went up substantially. Uh, i I got to you know raise a family in a small town. It, it couldn't have worked out better. So why don't I make that next move? You know why don't if that was such a great thing I did and, and it's my weakness not taking risks. why don't i why don't I do that now?
0: I definitely think it's it's easier said than done and it's especially because you have in the first so long. It's probably definitely. Uh, a very intimidating move so let's um let's move on to talking about the the opportunities and threats so the external areas of our SWOT analysis so I do want to say I don't want to start the section off with saying that I think and I want to ask you too about this because I think that if, if when we make the the opportunities and threats part of our SWOT analysis I don't want it to feel like you're making excuses for yourself too because I think a lot of personal finance it's, it's we always say it's not about the the income side of the equation, but the expense side of the equation. So how do we not kind of use the opportunities and threats as as a crutch for why we're not performing well uh, in a personal finance sense?
1: So I I think if you're looking at financial opportunities, for every uh, opportunity, you know, sometimes there's this expression, you need to spend money to make money, right? So that there's an opportunity out there, but it's going to require some capital to turn it into income. So I think for every opportunity you see in life where it's going to require some money, you should you should find an equal and offsetting opportunity to save money. So, and everyone's got some uh, room in their in their financial life to trim, right? There, there's always somewhere where you could cut back. So if you're if you see an opportunity and it's going to require some money, and, and you think you can turn that into you know leverage that into a a, a stream of income. I, I think you you could put the blinders on and only be looking for income opportunities. you know that that could be your 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 silo you're working in. But I think if, if you if you find so equal and offsetting might have been a, a little extreme, but if you can you should also be working, if, if that's what you do naturally, then you should be also working on finding you know saving opportunities at, at the same time.
0: So, some other kind of examples of income opportunities listed here in this article is um, a room for kind of promotions at work, or or room for, to volunteer, or work extra hours and overtime, um, and also investment opportunities as well.
1: I think this really—you have to be an entrepreneurial person. I mean, for this to really be an issue, right? If if you're if you're just entrepreneurial, that's just your 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 nature. You could. You know, find too many opportunities, right? Like to get, and you can end up turning that into a, into a threat.
0: Oh, definitely, you could take on. You kind of take on too much, or and and even if we go back to the strengths part or in the weaknesses part, I mean, this could definitely relate back over. So, so if you maybe you, a weakness of if, if yours could be that you 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 like to kind of take on a lot, and maybe that can become overwhelming. So. I think that can co sign nicely to kind of being aware of the opportunities presented and being um, very selective.
1: Like for me, I, 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 because I'm a cautious person, I don't see a lot of financial opportunities. Like they don't sorta, you hear people talk about these opportunities just drop in their lap all the time. I don't see a lot of financial opportunities. Well, and a lot of times, you know. Well Trevor, like if you,
0: one of yours is that you are very employable by other organizations. You employable. You you are an employable person, which makes that a strength. But also, other people outwards see that as an opportunity for you. So you have job. So job opportunity is an opportunity in itself.
1: So if you keep going to the same job every day, you're not going to opportunities are not going to appear. You know. So if you keep going to the same job every day, there's nobody there's going to offer you an opportunity that well, hasn't no, no, already like, offered you. You one
2: go it, on the internet you know. and you search financial uh analyst and there you see all those opportunities those, those. are opportunities that are there but like it's not someone coming to you with an envelope saying hey this is a great opportunity for you you need to jump on this right now it, it, it's it's like a it's true true yeah, yeah those I mean, are opportunities. like an inferred opportunity almost so you, you have to seek them out yourself
0: yes but then you're not- but then your strength is that you are you are you're able to uh, to attain those opportunities because of how employable yeah. you are, so l- let's let's talk about threats. And so threats, a kind of a, a big one here is just kind of the 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 economic conditions. And again, this is where I said earlier, I don't think we should use the kind of this as a as a kind of a crutch to maybe why the, our personal financial life. So job opportunities is, is 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 a financial threat, but I think we can't rely on it.
1: Well, I think knowing your financial threats, like what you're vulnerable to, is so so important. Uh, this is where you would, you know, you would have an emergency fund based on on your situation. So if you worked in the construction industry, that is uh, very susceptible to seasonal uh, fluctuations in employment opportunities, and also, uh, you know, they're the one of the first ones to to feel an economic uh, recession. You know, the housing uh, industry seems to be the first one to fall. So I think you know the 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 line of work you're in would would cater to the amount that the the volume of threats you might face. So if you're in, um, I don't know, if you're in retail, that one's probably you know one that gets hit pretty hard in a recession. Uh, if you're in, um, you work in the law industry, I I think that one probably maybe prospers in somewhat, and and so same with accounting. I think it, it's somewhat pro, it has a, p- a potential to prosper in e- economic downturn. So there, there's certain industries or lines of work where you you could be more vulnerable to threats than others.
0: And again, and, and I think it's important too to be aware of those threats because that way you can kind of again turn threats into or where threats where they come up and and look at the other quadrants and see how you can work to accommodate that threat and and again like save if you're good at saving that will help um to mitigate that that threat when it if it does come up
1: you know if you just look back and you asked your so i've been working for roughly 30 years and if you look back and say you know how how many years out of those 30 have i been unemployed i have never been unemployed so i I would say i'm i'm not very very vulnerable to to financial threats and i'm not going to judge somebody on on whether they've been unemployed over their their working life, you know the what percent, but that would be a good way to measure how vulnerable you are is you know how many times you've been laid off or, or unemployed in your working career so and, and that might speak to your your um your ability to you know or your resourcefulness to find jobs right so some people are just naturally resourceful and they just see opportunities where other people don't so that could just be your nature too right your your ability to to see opportunities or jobs where other people just you know they don't see it so i think that is something to consider with with uh, determining your financial threats is just your nature or, or your historical uh how many times have you been unemployed
0: and Trevor, also, like if, if we're going to look at another threat too, your where you live with uh, within your your one 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 job town, that is a threat too. that location is isn't very conducive to finding another job. So you kind of brought a threat into your life by by moving to that. But it, again, it also turned out to be a good opportunity and it, and it did provide provide that benefit as well.
1: Well, you know, one thing that did, and so you're right that that is a, an external financial threat is moving to a, a a place where there's not many job opportunities. So I I brought that threat into my life, but I also developed a strength in doing that. I had to develop a strength to to become resourceful or or make my employer think that that I was somebody they they wouldn't want to get rid of. So I, I had to build the strength to offset that external threat.
0: Definitely, and that's why. It,
1: it, and, you know, that's one way of looking at this. So for every external threat that is in your life, you need to build an internal strength to deal with it. And for every financial opportunity that you maybe miss out on, that maybe, you know, after the fact you realize that, oh, I, I didn't know that was going to work out that way, That that is a financial weakness that you need to deal with. You know, every time you miss a financial opportunity, just say you... You're, you're investing in, 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 in stocks and, and somebody gives you a stock tip and you ignore it because you say, oh, that doesn't sound like a, that sounds pretty risky. And that person makes it like a bandit. You know, if you keep sort of a scorecard of how many times that happens, then, then you have a weakness you need to deal with.
0: I like that. I like that. It kind of, it kind of makes it a very moving, dynamic um, kind of quad, quadrant system.
1: So if you look at these things, so if you, I think we should have dealt with the external the external threats and external opportunities first and, and then you would re- re- reflect back on your strengths and weaknesses to deal with those is maybe a better way of looking at this
0: yeah for sure because i because the opportunities and threats are kind of handed to you you kind of have to it, it, the situation that you're living within and the, the decisions you made are what they are but then you can adjust your internal circumstances and your internal feelings and, and how you how you deal with things
1: Exactly. So you, you have to build the, the skills or deal with the weaknesses given those external uh, threats and opportunities. And,
0: and maybe those who don't thrive in the personal finance realm are those who are maybe un, unaware or unwilling to adjust their strengths and weaknesses to accommodate um, the, the out, outside activity.
1: And you know, a, a strength is, is being, be, being able to identify an opportunity and identify a threat. Because there's a lot of people that don't see the threats. And they just get blindsided by them, like when people get laid off from a job and they have a mountain of debt. They obviously didn't see that coming. And I don't think anybody in any job should ever be blindsided by a layoff. Either you know, if it was, if you're laid off for poor performance on the job, or the industry is in a downturn. If you don't, if you're not aware of those, that that's a weakness. I mean, you should have your radar on all the time and, and just. Just be dialed into your industry or your performance on your job, and just know that that there's there's a threat on the horizon, and I, I should be prepared.
0: Yeah, I, I agree that you should always have a a contingency plan in place for when when things do do go go bad. And, and and again, so everything, every I guess every financial, everything that happens in your financial life can be recorded onto your onto your SWOT analysis.
1: So think about you, your 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 both of you your employment opportunities. What's your radar? say like like what kind of radar are you using in your industries
0: right now i would say for mine in in kind of a marketing field for or i guess like digital marketing it is growing so i think opportunities are strong right now just because i am so new within the profession i definitely think i i'm kind of just getting my feet wet and i i think i because i am a very cautious person so i'm kind of right now the end my kind of internal struggle is how what is a good time here to stay at this position matt i really do like it but i think there are is other opportunities that i'd like to kind of engage with as well so it's kind of that i really love this job but it's also there is room to grow so it's
1: but but what are the threats in your industry what are the what are the, the threats in, in your job industry
0: I, I guess i'll speak to mine but mine would definitely be kind of how competitive it is and how fast moving and um, the technologies are and, and and, and everyone's kind of, it's, you kind of have to keep up with that and, and, and give yourself a competitive edge by staying really abreast on then what, what's developing essentially.
1: So technology is your threat, right? Is it, I would say not so. moving, not moving with technology is your threat. Yes, definitely. In, in your industry. And then your, your newness to the, to the job, your lack of experience is your, uh, your sort of your personal threat.
0: Or weakness, it would be weakness.
1: Or weakness, yeah, is your weakness. What about you, Mike? What What would be your radar for your um, industry?
2: So uh, you talked a bit before, construction. I think it's it, it, it goes back to the overall economy and how it, it's going. And, and I think also a bit of like the political side. Uh, I, I noticed something... Um, uh, a couple of years ago, when Trudeau got put into government, he made a pro- promise to uh, invest more in infrastructure. And since he uh, he got into power, I've noticed more construction, road construction, building construction, just a lot more going on. So to me, that it's kind of like a, a radar that can be used is the political, but also the economical. So for you,
1: an election is uh, yeah, yeah, like a threat, what
2: right? is the next government gonna promise are they gonna cut uh, funding to to infrastructure they're gonna are they gonna add more so see i
1: love that 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 radar because a lot of people would just say would call it the the construction industry right and the economy as a whole how's it doing but you've dialed it back even even more specific is you realize it's the government of the day that's that's bringing the jobs to your industry and that's a that's a threat right that's something you need to be aware of If, if a conservative government were to get in they, they could change the whole playing field for the infrastructure, yeah, investment. and actually i kind of um, right? I
2: know um, working in Ottawa, there's a lot of um, construction going on with um uh, the federal government and stuff. I know the Liberals obviously chose to continue that, but with another election coming up, who knows how that's going to change and uh, it, it could come to the point where renovation of the federal building stops and uh, affects your job.
1: And it could have nothing to do with yeah, the economy it could as ju- a whole. it could just so be budget that, cuts. That's, they they want to
2: move their money somewhere else.
1: So now, what about personal weaknesses within your so industry or your job? Personal weaknesses,
2: like care too much, try you know, too hard. So Courtney was and uh, <laughs> give too much. Uh, the the strengths, <laughs> I I don't have enough time to go over them. No, <laughs> uh, well, the actual actual ones.
1: But Courtney was saying for for her hers is 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 her lack of experience is a personal weakness that that's that's a risk in in her job, right? So what would be. Obviously, mine. That's my strength. I've, I've been doing I'm, this. For I'm going to go to that years, one. So a lack of experience. Yeah, that, that's a strength.
2: That, uh, that, that that's a weakness right now for me. Is is I mean, I'm I'm a year removed from school, so I, I've got only a year's worth of uh, financial exp- or not financial um, uh, work industry experience. So like, I don't offer much to an employer.
1: And you're at the mercy of time to sick, to, to fix that one, right? That's that's yeah, the, yeah, the that is. And but, so but you know I see- what, my one of my weaknesses is age. Right. So the older you get, the you, typically you're more expensive to your employer because you tend to make more money the longer you've been in the industry. And, you know, it, it just if there was an economic downturn, your employer would have to decide. Are we going to get rid of this old, older guy who, who maybe is only going to be with us for you know, another five years and, and then give and we will lay off this young person who's got, you know, who's a who's real keen and they, they have, you know, 30 years of, of work to deliver for us? You know so so my age is actually a weakness but my experience is my strength how ironic
0: And it, and it's crazy because and Mike you can't control that you've your your again Mike and your goes go down to age as well um and Trevor yours is I guess so age is kind of a very is a fact you can't control Do you control.
2: think that the
1: si- And that's almost discrimination right it it's unofficial it discrimination is, yeah.
2: Do you think that size of a company is is a weakness like do you think uh, a larger versus smaller company affects it, it, Do you think that's a weakness? Like, say, like, I know, Courtney, you work for a smaller company. Is, do you think that's a weakness financially? Like, that you, there's a chance that that company, it's less stable than, say, a larger company or that working for a smaller company, it might be less um, appealing for larger companies to want to hire you?
1: Well, I'd like to answer Courtney's question. <laughs> <Okay>. You'd like <laughs> to answer for <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I do. So, so with a smaller company, there's it's a benefit and a curse. In, I in I company, I want to say I agree. So it's kind of how you
2: flip it as well. So one is you keep going. You can, sorry.
1: Well, you can see it coming. You can see it coming uh, if you if you have your eyes open. You you can see financial problems or economic problems or just the rumor mill is a lot smaller in a small organization. So you you the word on the street is a lot closer to you. So you can hear it, but a small company can't weather an economic storm as well as a larger company. So. Uh, one is you can hear about it sooner when 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 some, a threat is on the horizon, uh, and but the other problem is you're more vulnerable to threats in a small organization. So it, it it's good and bad.
0: But then I do want I do want to add too, with especially in a creative a creative um, industry, it, with with a small company, there's a lot of freedom for that to kind of build. Build your job and kind of shape it around how, what you want it to look like so I know I have a lot of creative in, in, like freedom because I work for a small company and 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 I, I I speak directly to our owner and it's, it's very freeing and very very it's an amazing way to get started in the industry because I'm allowed to kind of experiment and, and really uh really thrive and, and put how much into it that I want to put into it which is which is a lot for me.
1: So you have the ability to demonstrate your strengths more than you would in a larger organization where you're you're kind of constrained by policy and and, and your job is maybe more narrow in focus.
0: Exactly. And I, I really, really am grateful for that. And I'm definitely maximizing on that right now and just enjoying how, how much freedom I get.
1: So if you're a creative, somewhat entrepreneurial person, you should probably seek out smaller organizations because you can really exploit your strengths.
0: Yeah, I'd and say if, so.
1: And if you're a cautious uh sort of person maybe you should work in a larger organization where your your job description is very detailed and, or and you you sort of tend to know exactly what's expected of you so that but then
0: that's you can flip, flip that and 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 do the opposite to really kind of grow as a person and and and, and get better at something that maybe is your weakness as well
1: what, what you're saying in a larger organization
0: well, if you work for a small organization, maybe learning to learning to kind of abide by uh, someone else's kind of creative direction and work within those constraints would it's something that could be challenging and and maybe beneficial to to personal development and vice True, versa. Yeah. If you like staying within lines, maybe it'd be beneficial to have that kind of space to to learn experiment. to be more
2: entrepreneurial.
0: I do. I so yeah yeah.
1: Well, you, well in a small business, the the owner is generally an entrepreneur, I and mean, if you want to, you know. M- if you want to rise up in that organization, you need to think like the owner. So you need to be somewhat entrepreneurial yourself.
0: I do want to add though, that I think, I think building kind of a spot analysis is a perfect space for, for a deeper level of self-awareness and, and all in, and not in just your job, but also in all personal finance aspects. And also it's a space for kind of further learning and education. Cause I know, I think right now I'm at the stage of my life where I am overcompensating with my lack of experience with, with education. So I'm, I'm finishing up kind of a post-grad kind of certificate and, 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 and then I want, I'm keep, I'm, will have my eyes open for more education opportunities. So I think it, I, I think, I think this kind of being aware of, of maybe where your weaknesses are, you can kind of compensate and, and other more kind of attainable things as opposed to age, which you cannot
1: control. What do you think of this? What do you think if you did a SWOT analysis on your employment, you know, just employment life? And then maybe you did a SWOT analysis on your investing life, and then you did a, a SWOT analysis on your recreational life. You know, what what if you did mini SWOT so analysis? in and, and the looked SWOT at
2: analysis of your uh, recreational life, I can see that one being separate but does investing in uh employment i feel like those kind of have to go hand in hand a bit
0: well no because i think you're going to take you're, you might be more cautious in one area maybe you're a really go getter at work and you're, you take everything on and you're very ambitious but then maybe in the investing world you're very more cautious because you're you have your own money and I guess
1: play. and also yeah, exactly i was going to say someone like um,
2: trevor who works you stole my question before in, um, trevor
1: <laughs> yeah i stole your answer so you can steal my... I guess,
2: yeah, because someone like Trevor who works in accounting, if it were in a recession, it would be a bad time to invest, but a good time for, for employment. Like that's something where you'd have, if you kept them separate, you'd get a, a better read and a more accurate uh, SWOT analysis.
1: Yeah, I think if you try to do it on your whole financial life, it, it, it just becomes overwhelming. So I think you sh- if you apply this to... Uh, we So we just did it on employment, right? And it was very interesting to see, you know, all three are different scenarios uh, but if you did it on education, or would you include education? And I think you you have to include them together because it becomes a,
2: one of your strengths, like a weakness or whatever. For yeah, yeah for opportunities, your, yeah, your employment.
1: Like some people just enjoy education, and some people it is just a slog, right? Some people it, education is just it, it comes to them hard, right? It, it, it just not it's not something they enjoy, and some people they just they can't get enough of school, right? There's people that that go for Uh, post-grad after post-grad degrees so it's and that's actually can turn into a weakness right if you spend too much money on education and too much time educating yourself you you limit your ability you know the, the time that you have to earn money to pay back those maybe those student loans so education it could be your weakness as crazy as that sounds
0: I think I that think multiple SWOT analysis is also va- very valuable because we kind of all take on different personas based on and where we are. So, I mean, the Courtney at work, I admire her and I, I wish she could come over to my personal life more often because, I mean, sometimes when I'm, I'm lying on the couch watching Netflix, I'm like, where did that ambitious Courtney go who is... Who was very motivated at work earlier today? So I think I think we can kind of admire different parts of ourselves and and the different traits we take on and in, in, in di- different roles because the environments are different. In a work environment, you may behave differently than you may behave in in another environment just because of. of the I find that
2: interesting. Your thing with so like that because I think I think the big thing is in your personal life you don't have um you don't have like a boss in in your working life. You have an employer. You have someone who. Accountability. accountability yeah, yeah. So you need to like yes. and I guess that can be a weakness in your personal thing is is it give yourself some a system of accountability
1: well I was going to say you could do a SWOT analysis on on your health right I know this is a money podcast but you could do it on your health and th- that's where the accountability that you're talking about Mike is is the I- I- if it's your weakness accountability then you need to find an opportunity for accountability maybe you need to Find a running group or something. You you know what I mean. It's so you can't do a SWOT analysis on your whole life. You need to do it on aspects of it. I I love that, and you hit it right on the head there, Courtney. Is is the things that cause you to be strong in your working life? If they're not present in your your other aspects of your life, you can go off the rails in a hurry.
2: But do you still need um? Uh, an overarching uh, SWOT analysis of uh, of your entire life, because I'm just thinking at the end of the day, these all do tie together. Like like we were talking about how like we always say you got to live within your means. So if your means, like the amount you're making. Is at one level, and then a recession comes and it gets dropped. Then it affects your your SWOT analysis for say your how you're investing your money and how you're you're enjoying your recreational side of your life.
1: If you did it on your whole life, you know, if you just say you looked at the the opportunity section and the threat section, could you look at them and say, well, these two kind of cancel each other out, and these two cancel each other out, and and, and you end up at a sort of a a zero sum game on opportunities that's true. So and like
2: a, they they all kind of um, they can fluctuate some like they're all proportional in a way.
1: Like Courtney was saying, like she's a go getter at work, but you know, get home from work and into her personal life, and and, and she's watching maybe Netflix instead of you know running five kilometers. Uh, and her weakness is accountability. Well, I think if you do this on too big of a scale, you you just end up, you know, you you could easily. Talk yourself you know saying well that that weakness is okay because i have this strength over here that offsets it
0: so I, I think it'd be this i i'd like to turn this around to our listeners too to kind of i mean i'm sure after listening to this episode you, you our listeners are probably kind of analyzing your life so i'd love to hear from you right into us and like tell us kind of approximately one, one of your SWOT, SWOT analysis looks like or maybe one of your big threats or opportunities or, or something that kind of you're like, this This really stands out to me as as something that is an opportunity in my industry or a threat in my industry. I think it'd be interesting to really- Well, well
1: before, we, before we move on past that, let's come up with a, a definitive list of what aspects of your life you should do a SWOT analysis on.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so employment is one.
1: Employment is one. Investing is another. I'll, I'll say your spending life. What do you think of that? Just how you spend your money.
2: Is that not recreational yeah, or personal? Yeah, because
0: it, you could, one of your- no, well, I think something's gonna- different because opportunities could be um, or threats could be sh- like shopping. That could be a threat. Like, you, you know, when you're, I guess it's a threat, like when, when those things come into your life, they serve as a threat. So when, when weekend getaways come into your life as a threat and then your weakness like- is maybe the people you you surround yourself with.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or like like Amazon could be your weakness, right? If, if, if you just stayed off that website, you, a lot of your problems would go away.
0: Or no, Amazon would be a threat. It's a kind of, an yeah. outside, and then a weakness yeah, sorry, is yeah, your right. willingness to spend easily without giving a second que- second thought. So,
1: so we've got employment, investing, um, spending, your spending life, and, and I, I know this is a personal finance pass, but i didn't say uh say fitness. Or, no, or maybe sorry, overall health.
0: kind, or health. Yeah, overall Just health. Health, yeah. So what, mental, which can affect emotional.
1: You.
2: Yeah. I think that. I think that so, um, so four spending one you could be divided more. I think because like that's you're basically just looking at your entire budget, which I, I think you could divide that one a bit more into your uh, different aspects of your budget. Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so like example, or? I, I would say like you got your, your regular life lifestyle. So you, like you're eating your your hygiene, your 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 bills and stuff like that. Like so like you're your, your, I'm gonna call it your your month to month. You're, yeah, and you're then discretionary then, you guys we were describing discretionary, you shop too much, you go to the mall too much, or you know, you go on too many trips that are really expensive, and I think that's more your discretionary. So I think you can divide your your spending one, and you can do separate SWOT analysis on, on on those as well. I think because you might have different tendencies, different strengths and weaknesses but, for you each know, one. But
1: but if if you have a, if you've designed a financial life and and it, it costs you know this much money. And a uh, disaster arises and if if your weakness is you go to, as soon as a threat arise, you use credit to get out of it rather than being resourceful and maybe finding a, a supplement income or, uh, you know, your ability to reduce expenses. Uh, you could you could look at it separately. I I agree. Because like wanted to you really you could be it and like say,
2: I'll call it Monday to Friday. You could just be the best spender in the world. Like you you could you could be buying groceries every day, doing doing everything you can conservatively. And then like come weekends, you know, you, you, like you guys said, your friends want to go on these crazy exotic trips and all of a sudden you're through the roof. Well, what, what? there might be different, like you said, during the week, it, your strengths and weaknesses might be different than during the weekend. And I, I don't know, like like I think that you could you could break it up more than just spending, I think.
1: I, I would agree. So maybe if someone were to do a, a SWOT analysis on their spending life and they weren't getting the results they, they hoped for or they didn't actually move the needle or they – nothing – new came from doing it i I think you could do what mike said and and maybe do a swot analysis on your mandatory spending life and a swot analysis on your because like yeah
2: because in in some ways maybe they're 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 it neutralizes each other like you said one cancels out the other so maybe it does come out even and
1: but i would start doing it just on my spending life and if if improvements don't show up or 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 you know this analysis doesn't move the needle in any way then maybe I need to look at it at a finer level. So I would agree that some people, they might need to.
0: So I think that brings us to the end of our episode today on SWOT analysis. Mike, Trevor, do you guys have any kind of final thoughts or takeaways for this episode?
1: Uh, I, I think if you're going to do a SWOT analysis, it, it requires a lot of honesty on your own part. I, I think you could convince yourself that, that maybe everything's okay. So I think it, it, it's a lot of inner reflection and a lot of inner honesty to, to do this and, and have it make a difference.
0: So on that note, that brings us to the end of our episode today on SWOT analysis for every aspect of your life, in fact. And definitely send us your SWOT analysis, kind of some key points that you kind of discovered about yourself through listening to this episode. We'd love to kind of talk about them and kind of reflect on them in an upcoming uh, listener listener feedback and listener question and answer episode. Um, thank you so much for being here this, with us this week. Uh, you can, yeah, definitely send us an email at livelifesimple365.